0: Good morning. good morning let's open our bibles this morning to the gospel of matthew chapter two. First book in the new testament second chapter continuing in our series in bible characters we're now in the new testament we're going to look at king herod A lot of Herods uh, in the Bible, even more in history. The one we're looking at this morning is called Herod the Great. The only thing great about him is he was a great sinner. Not a nice guy. If you know the rest of the story, you know how wicked he was. At this point, he was uh, nearing his death. He was near 70. He died a few years later. And uh, most people are familiar with this. Uh, but we want to disabuse you of a few misconceptions of the scene here by the way we have a title this morning It's called eliminating jesus eliminating jesus wise men uh you've heard them called magi and you always have a picture of three of them don't ask me why because there are no numbers given in the bible Probably because there were three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but that doesn't mean that there were only three guys. We don't know how many they were. Uh, they were not three kings either, Either so so much for the Christmas carol, we three kings of Orient are. Uh, actually, they would have been astronomers, most likely. A lot of people don't realize it, but some of the greatest astronomers and mathematicians all through this time in the Middle Ages came from the Middle East. They were great students of the skies. And so uh, it was they who noticed this unusual star and they followed it to Israel. Interesting. Remember, uh, those of you that were in Ephesians last week, and maybe it was mentioned again this morning, when you study the Bible, read it with a question mark for a brain. Not questioning its authority, but saying, why is this here? Why does it say it this way? Think about it one of the big questions that uh, hits me is how do they know that someone is born king of the Jews all the way from the east? They're not Jewish. They're not in Israel. The Jews don't even know it. Well, obviously God had to have revealed this to them. And it's interesting that he chose these guys. So they follow this star and it takes them to Israel. Apparently, Uh, It didn't take them all the way because they get to Israel and it must have faded or something because now they don't know where to go. So they choose the chief city in Israel, which is Jerusalem, to go ask. Figuring, here we are now in the land where the king is born. Surely they must know where this one is to be born. So they show up at the palace where Herod is king and they ask, uh, this question what's interesting is in verse 3 if you noticed when Herod the king heard this he rejoiced oh it doesn't say that isn't that interesting he was troubled he was troubled why would Herod be tr- troubled here's the Messiah he's been promised for centuries he's called the hope of Israel at last, praise God, the time has come. He should be rejoicing along with the rest of the city. That long-awaited day is finally here. But he's troubled. As I read this, I thought of uh, Simeon, the old man whom God honored by revealing that Jesus was indeed the Messiah and actually allowed Simeon, when Jesus was an infant, to hold him in his arms knowing that he was holding God's Christ imagine, And Simeon wasn't troubled. He was so excited. Listen to these wonderful words. Simeon says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, And the glory of your people, Israel. Isn't that great? Simeon said, now I can die. That's what he's saying. That moment I've lived for has finally come. Yet here, it says that Herod was troubled. And so was all Jerusalem, in fact. Why do you think that is? They should have been excited. Well, I think we can relate a little bit to it. Uh, as far as the people of Jerusalem goes, for example, I think they had grown settled in their daily life, and they didn't want any interruptions. You know how we can get into a rut, you know, and the status quo is what we like, and change is bad. Can we get like that? I think, I think that was the deal, you know? Uh, not only that, I think Uh, The Jews saw this as a possible disruption to their personal lives because they know that the Messiah is coming from God. He is sent by God. And I think deep down inside they realize when he gets here, my life is probably going to change or it's going to have to change. And uh, people don't like to change. Well, for Herod... I think both those reasons apply but as well uh I think the main reason for Herod was because of the title that was given to Jesus. Remember Herod is what is he? He's the king. And what did the uh wise men say the title of this one they're seeking is king of the Jews. Uh-oh. So we have Herod who is now king of the Jews and we have this somebody else who's born king of the jews i think we foresee a problem here you can only have one king and if herod has anything to do with it it's going to be him and he doesn't like the idea that someone else is trying to mark his time there can only be one king of the jews herod got the position and we're not going to go into the history of the family read it sometime it's, uh, it would make um, National Enquirer look like Reader's Digest. It's loaded with immorality and murder and backstabbing. His whole family was like that. He got his position by cunning and treachery, and he was finally appointed to the position by Caesar. Let's think of the other candidate for king, Jesus. Jesus. He was chosen by God thousands of years before. And then he wrote it down in here saying that it was a promise to him to be king. Jesus is the true king of kings, And Herod here is the usurper. By the way, Jesus is the rightful king of the Jews also by title. It's interesting. God had to reveal this stuff to the wise men, obviously, right? There's no way they could get that on their own what's interesting to me is that god revealed to them the title of this one who was born god had to have revealed to them that this one is born is king of the jews god's saying that well we don't want to look at these character studies and not come away with application do you think there's possibly an application in all of this for us Just as there can be only one king in the country, there can only be one king in my life and in your life. Interestingly, again, there are two candidates. The candidates are Jesus and me. Okay, let's think about that. What are my qualifications for being king? What are your qualifications? Think about it, for being king, king. You say, well, I make a great king over my life because I know what I want better than anybody else. And I hardly ever say no to myself. Isn't that good? Huh? That's, that's a benevolent king. Well, just as Jesus was the rightful king of the Jews, do you know what? Jesus is the rightful king in your life and my life. Did you know that? I can give you five reasons. First of all, and these are all in the Bible, you were created by him. That's a pretty good reason to be your king, don't you think? You wouldn't exist without him. Secondly, you were created for him. That's in the Bible. Isn't that interesting? You weren't created uh, to have a good time and go out and uh, party and forget Jesus. No, we were created for him. Thirdly, he sustains you moment by moment. He's not some guy way out there. It says by him all things hold together, consist, and that includes you and me. Fourth, he bought you at a price. It's funny, he already owned us to begin with, but then uh, we decided to rebel against him, and so he bought us back at a price. A terrible price. And finally, he, he's more qualified than you are. At being king, a lot more qualified than I am. Let's think about it. Uh, between you and Jesus, who do you think is more qualified to be king of your life? <laughs> yeah, that's right. On a scale of one to a, a, of zero to a hundred, excuse me. Let's think about the qualities of a king. Let's think of wisdom. Where would you rate Jesus on a scale of 0 to 100? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it pegged out. Don't answer out loud now, but just where would you rate yourself on wisdom on the the same scale if Jesus is 100? I'll be honest. I mean, I'd be a 0. If Jesus is 100, then I'm nowhere on that. Okay. To say I'm one means I'm one percent of, I have one percent of the wisdom of Jesus. I don't. So he's got me beat hands down. How about, uh, let's take another quality you'd like to see in a king. How about kindness? A hundred for Jesus, right? I'm zero. All right, here's one. Let's make it a little easier for you. How about, uh, the ability to know the future. What do you think? How about Jesus? A hundred, yeah. Uh, how about this one? Between the two of you, who do you think more likely has your best interests at heart? Yeah. Be honest now. uh you want a king to have power if he has good intentions but can't do anything about it then he's a useless king who has more power (laughs) a hundred to zero again right and we could go down the list distinguishing right from wrong pure motives hating sin loving righteousness being more willing to please god than himself more patient more forgiving more loving that's not a complete list Jesus is the perfect king, okay? I'm a lousy king. And yet, why are so many people troubled when confronted with the idea of Jesus as king of their lives? He's he's more fit. And yet, just like the people in Jerusalem, just like Herod, when they think of the idea as Jesus as king, they get troubled. Well, we know the reason is because Uh, To quote another Bible verse, I will not have this man to reign over me. I want to be king me. And yet it's silly when we look at the qualifications for kingship. And we're unwilling to abdicate. Abdicate for you younger kids. Abdicate means when a king steps down from the throne and lets somebody else take his place. Okay, well, we'll think about that. In the meantime, let's go back to uh, chapter 2, verse 4, and let's see what happens. Herod's troubled. So what does he do? When he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. That's good. Remember, that was the question he was asked. Where is the king of the Jews supposed to be born? He doesn't know. He's not even a Jew, by the way. So he calls together the, the guys that might know. So they said to him, and boy they know their bible in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written by the prophet but you bethlehem in the land of judah are not the least among the rulers of judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people israel right out of micah they know their bible then herod when he had secretly called the wise man determined from them what time the star appeared why did he call them secretly we'll find out in a minute and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Isn't that good? What a devout man, huh? Okay. Well, it's interesting, first of all, if you think about it, Herod knows he's dealing with God in this thing. Imagine going and asking people where somebody's supposed to be born ahead of time (laughs) could you do that today well i guess you could if you and your wife you know have an arrangement with a hospital but this was uh predicted a thousand years ahead of time not uh, nine months so they look in the scripture and they find the passage in micah and it's interesting it says in verse seven that he secretly called the wise men to find out exactly when the star appeared Now, why would he do that? you have any ideas? I'll tell you. It's because Herod might not be able to find this kid, the rival. And if he can't, then he's going to resort to murder to get rid of him. So he's going to murder children and hope that one of them is this king of the Jews but uh he doesn't know how old the kids have to be in order to make sure he gets rid of jesus and so to be on the safe side he asked them and i have a feeling people read this and they think that um the wise men said oh the star appeared about two years ago and so herod thought in his mind okay well if i can't find him then i'll just kill all the kids in bethlehem up to the age of two which is what he's going to do by the way so you think it was two years knowing herod no i think it was probably at most one year you see he's a thorough guy you know he doesn't want to take any chances and so just to be on the safe side he's going to kill all the infants up to two to make sure he's covered all bases he wants to eliminate jesus you see doesn't want him around interesting verse 8 listen to what he says that i may come and worship him also he says worship and he means murder by the way by this time he's already murdered two of his own sons and he's about to murder a third one just before he dies okay well you know the story uh it's the christmas story or at least it's something we remember at christmas time verse 9 when they heard the king they departed and behold The star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country, Another way. Okay, so God led them now to the uh, house. Notice, by the way, it's not a manger, it's a house. It's because Jesus is probably about a year old or, or a little older here. And they worship him, and uh, God is in control of the situation. Notice, first he alerted them to the star and what it meant and go to Israel. They've gone there. Now he's led them uh, to the house where Jesus is. They've worshipped. They've given their gifts. And now God in a dream warns them, you need to go home right from where you are. Don't go back to Jerusalem and talk to Herod. God's protecting uh, the Lord Jesus. Verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, He took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Well, how do you think Herod's going to react to all this? You know, he's used to deceiving other people, but he doesn't like it when he's the victim. So, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts. Look how thorough he is. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel okay herod wanted to eliminate jesus he was a king he had lots of power and so he used it is terrible terrible crime herod failed he didn't eliminate jesus god saw to it that he didn't it's not that jesus didn't come to die he did but not at this time and in this way and he was later crucified Uh, by the religious leaders and he died deliberately for our sins and now herod's dead but jesus is not jesus is alive and we're about to celebrate that time of the year during easter people since then have tried to eliminate jesus religious leaders crucified him they failed because god raised him from the dead never to die again People continue today to try to eliminate Jesus, even church attenders. Do you know that? Let him stay in the Bible or in the sermon, but I don't want Jesus in my life. People eliminate Jesus by deciding in their heart ahead of time when they go to church, whatever happens today, Jesus is not going to touch my life. I'll listen to the sermon and I'll smile and I'll thank the preacher. But let's keep Jesus out of my life. I'm king here and we don't want any rivals. It happens. What a tragic error. Listen to what God says. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? of Zion notice God says it in the past tense it's as good as done this is not a fairy tale it's not a cartoon it's not a movie it's not virtual reality this is real stuff I want you to think about that you know maybe you've heard it a lot before Jesus is coming again and he's gonna rule listen that's not a fairy tale that's real that's where the earth is heading You know that we can we can tell you the future here at Calvary Bible Chapel? I can tell you that. We can spend the rest of the hour and the rest of the day going through this book here where it says plainly over and over again starting with the passage I just read that this Jesus who died on the cross listen, if he died on the cross and he was promised to reign you know what? He's going to come back and reign. The first one's already happened guaranteed because god says it he's going to come back again and he's going to reign if there's anything certain about what something is going to happen in the future that's it and you've got to deal with it okay i don't know where this country's going i don't know where the world is going politically economically or any other lee but i can tell you this for certain god says plainly this jesus of nazareth will be coming back permanently And the time to get ready for it is now. Because if you're not ready when he comes, it will be too late. And you'll be left out. Now you need to deal with that. Don't put it out of your mind. Don't try to eliminate Jesus. You can't. You either deal with him now or later. Revelation. Here's a description of that event now i saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of god And there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm waiting for that day. Now that's God's word. That's real. It's going to happen. And forever and ever means it's not going to end. Okay. What a great time that's going to be if you know him. People deceive themselves into thinking they've eliminated Jesus, just like Herod. You know, Herod is going to meet Jesus. He never did meet him in his life. Herod is going to meet Jesus. And it's going to be as king. I mean, Jesus is king, not Herod is king. He's going to be an ordinary guy, a sinner. People can think they have permanently eliminated Jesus from their own lives, but they're self-deceived. If you choose to reject him as king, then I don't know what to say. Other than you better hope and pray that all these words are lies. I don't believe they are. here's the picture then i saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found for them and i saw the dead small and great standing before the throne and books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his words then death and hades were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death the lake of fire and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire herod will be there where will you be i got two questions we've already pretty much answered one of them who's more fit to be king over your life you or jesus (laughs) bigger question who is king over your life you or Jesus let's pray Lord Jesus we look forward to your coming we who know you and Lord we say even so come quickly Lord Jesus Lord we See this earth and all creation groaning under the weight of sin and how great and how right it will be when you finally come and take your rightful place. Lord, we realize that everything is out of kilter until you do that. But we know in the meantime, as you tarry at the door, that you are bringing in subjects into the kingdom. We pray, Lord, that there would be no one here today who would put that off another minute but right now recognize you as their king their lord and their savior we ask it in your own precious name amen